Hey folks, welcome to Machine Repeat Podcast, episode number 22. Man, it's going fast. Can't believe we're up over 20 already. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining us and giving us your ear. And believe me, you're going to enjoy this episode. It's always difficult with uh, any content I crank out, whether it's YouTube videos, TV show episodes, podcast episodes, columns that I write. You know, you get thinking about it or someone will ask you, well, what's your favorite video? What's your favorite column? What's your favorite podcast episode and it you know it's like having kids I mean we got two daughters I mean they're they're both your favorite it's hard to pick a favorite but I'm telling you what folks this interview I've been doing this a little over 30 years now this is unbelievable our guest today is Gail Brookins now if you follow my blog or follow Machine Repeat on Facebook or Twitter you maybe saw last week I did a, a piece on the Flying Combine, the Silver Bullet, back from the mid to late 1980s. And uh, actually, it was two years ago, in June of 2018, uh, somebody had reached out, sent me a picture, and said, Hey, Machine Repeat, do you remember this Flying Combine? And I vaguely did, and I, I got researching it, and it's an unbelievable story. Uh, Gail and Ernie Brookins from West Fargo, North Dakota, made this thing. They had been in the uh, racing promotion business doing uh, combine demolition derbies. And anyway, they made this combine that would jump over a vintage car and literally travel coast to coast. And we're seeing in the movie uh, that many of you know with Wayne Rogers from MASH. It was originally called The Golden Harvest. Uh, you know, they, the combine, the jumping combine was in that movie uh, was on a Coors commercial. And when I posted the blog last week, uh, Gail Brookins dropped me a note. So one of her friends had seen the, the blog, sent it to her, and she was so gracious, she shared some amazing pictures, and we started talking. And I could sense from the, the two blogs I wrote on the, on the Silver Bullet, the Flying Combine from the 80s, you know, it's the classic Paul Harvey thing here. What's the rest of the story, Pete? Whatever happened to it? Who who did it? Who made it? Um, so this is that. This is the rest of the story on the famous Flying Combine, the Silver Bullet. Uh, debuted in 1985. And this is, again, an interview with Gail Brookins, who with her husband Ernie up in West Fargo, North Dakota, made this combine. And again, I think it might be the favorite interview that I've ever done. Are you looking for more speed and efficiency for your harvest? The Demco 22 Series grain carts were designed to help you reach the next level of harvest efficiency. With a 22-inch unload auger, mechanically driven floor auger without belts and pulleys, and forward reaching auger, the Demco 22 Series grain carts will perform in your fields. The unload auger also has height adjustment. Available in sizes of 1100, 1300, 1700, and 2200 bushels. Visit demco-products.com. Hey, folks, I want to welcome our very special guest to the podcast this week, Gail Brookins from West Fargo, North Dakota. Gail, thanks for thanks for uh, joining me. Thank you for having me. Gail, and I have to tell you, when you sent me the note after the blog on the Flying Combine and said that you and Ernie were the builders of this, oh, it made me smile so much because I, I want to hear the story on this amazing piece of history, but uh, again, you and Ernie, you live up in West Fargo, 
in this, uh, the Flying Combine, the Silver Bullet. You guys built that, was it in the mid-80s, Gail? Uh, it was actually built in 1985. Uh, in 1984, we started promoting combine demolition derbies. And after we had done them for a couple of years, we realized that we needed a uh, kind of a, some kind of a special, you know, halftime entertainment type thing. Sure. And so my husband, who has been, he's been described by some sportscasters as having a fertile mind. <laughs> That's putting it. Bluntly, I prefer to say sometimes he's a little crazy. <laughs> anyway, he decided that we, he would build a, a jumping combine, and he would have it at these combine demolition derbies, and he would jump this combine over a car or whatever. Yep. And the, the interesting thing about it is, is that we presented the idea of the jumping combine to Coors and Coors Light okay. bef before we built it. Really? And they bought into it and, and said, yeah, go ahead, we're going to sponsor it. And then we built it. And so what we did is we bought an old Gleaner combine, okay. and we, we parked it next to our garage, and we took the measurements off of that Gleaner so that it, it actually was the size and shape of a gleaner. Okay. Uh, obviously, we built it from hand. It it had a uh, a roll cage. Well, I sent you a picture. Did you yes, look at that picture? That was a fascinating picture, Gail. That <laughs> just, it was so fun. It was uh, now the engine. If I'm remembering right, that was uh, from a from a drag drag racing car. Was it? We we actually bought the engine. It originally, I believe, was a Keith Black engine. Okay. Uh, and we we contacted a a guy named um, oh my god I lost his name Robertson and okay. he, he ran a a company he used to work for Keith Black okay. and he ran a company in Orange California and we contacted him and he had built engines for racing boats hmm. and he had this engine from a racing boat that he had reconditioned and, and done over and he sold it to us and mm -hmm. then we put it in the combine got the combine all built got the Coors Light on it and everything and then we contacted him and he flew to Fargo and came to our shop and or to our house mm -hmm. and started the engine for the first time Whoa. and for Whoa. us and got it running and everything what was that like it was exciting, and I mean, it was a big block. It was a only a four twenty seven. I always say four fifty four, but it was a four twenty seven. Okay. But it was blown and fuel injected. I mean, this was a hot rod. Right. When it started, it was one of those kind of things, you know. It it would make the whole combine would just kind of jump each time it turned over, and it was really great. And so we had made arrangements to jump it at the fairgrounds in West Fargo okay. at our Combine Demolition Derby. All the big shots from Coors and Coors Light came to Fargo, and they were all out there. And Ernie got in it and drove it out there for the first jump for the first time. This was 1985. 
This was 1985. He had never driven it. We didn't practice. We didn't practice. The way we figured the jump out is our son was 21 years old. He had a computer and he was going to college um, in electrical engineering. NDSU? To NDSU, you bet. Great school. And he was, uh, he got on his computer and he wrote a program. He, he scale modeled the, the combine in there and he wrote a, and the, and the ramp and the car we were jumping and he would do these, um, jumps. Simulations or something? Yeah. Okay. And so we'd go down and he'd say, I'm ready. And we'd go down and he'd have the combine in here. It came along and it would go up the ramp and boom, it would crash. <laughs> and so then he'd figure out what was wrong. And, you know, like maybe he needed to redistribute the weight a little bit. So maybe he moved the, the differential back a little bit. Or yeah. maybe he spread the wheelbase a little bit or okay. whatever he needed to do. And then and he did it all on the computer. And then he'd yell and say, come on down, we're ready. And we'd go down. And when he finally got it finalized, yeah. it jumped the car perfect. I wish I could say it always jumped the car perfect well, we, we need to but. get into that in a minute gail now the the ramp was it like 40 some feet long the originally we just rented a ramp but then we built our own ramp okay so it was the tra- it was the trailer that we hauled it on okay we hauled the combine and the car that we jumped over which is a was a it was actually a kit car of a, an mg okay yeah it wasn't just any old car you were jumping over was yeah. it i mean it looks like a is it I mean, it was worth quite a bit of money, I presume, huh? About $30,000. Wow. And the story of those cars is they were a kit car, and they were built by a company in Fargo. Really? And we made a deal with that company that we would jump over their classic roadster cars, provided they would provide them to us. So (laughs) we'd go out on the road, and we'd take, like, say we had a white one. Yep. And we'd take it with us, and we'd go out on the road, and, and we'd be gone for like two or three weeks. And all of a sudden, we'd call home and there'd be a message. Or one of our kids would call get a hold of us. And it'd be, you got to bring the white car back. They sold it. <laughs> and so we'd have to hurry back to Fargo, give them the white car, and they'd give us a different one. And oh, by so, the way, don't, <laughs> don't smash it with the combine on the night before, huh? Right. But we did occasionally. Um <laughs> The, the combine jumped backwards, as you can tell yeah. when you see the pictures of it. Yeah, the it actually, so Ernie looked out the back of it yep. Yep. and drove it backwards. And the only bad thing was that the header, if he didn't get quite far enough, the header would wipe out the nose, hmm. the hood, and the hood ornament on the car. So we had to replace the hood ornament many times. Okay. And... Occasionally, the whole front end of the car, and a couple of times, the whole car. Oh, well, we 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 have a lot to cover here, Gail. That uh, now, the combine. I think in the material you sent, did it weigh just under like seven thousand pounds, roughly? Yes. Okay. And the folks at Coors, did they were they hands off? Like, hey, you guys, you proposed and you said you're going to make it look like a gleaner did they just turn you loose like hey it's your you guys make it look however you need to make it look yep okay yep. the only thing they cared about was that it had cores light on the side and 
And that was cool looking. Who did that uh, that custom paint job for you? You know, I I asked Ernie about that before I came home to talk to you, and he said he thought it was uh, we, the guy that lettered our race cars always. His name was Butch Antone, and he's from Fargo, and yeah. his nickname was The Frog. <laughs> Ernie thinks that he did the combine and then also did the truck. I cannot remember. It's oh, been a long time. It looked just awesome. Just it awesome. was it was beautiful. And of course, when the course guys came here for the first jump, they were just thrilled and excited. They just were great. The I deal bet. we had with Coors was we had to haul it on an open trailer so people could see uh, it. Smart. And I each time we went somewhere, I had to file a report with Coors, uh, telling them what time we left, what highway we went down, mm. what truck stops we stopped at, how many people were around there. And then there was a person at Coors, and that person's only purpose was to track where we went and come up with traffic counts and come up with numbers of people who saw wow. the combine. Who saw Coors Light. That must have been unbelievable when you guys would stop to gas up. I mean, you must have had people coming up to you like crazy. Uh, yeah, I was like, what in the heck is that? Yeah. <laughs> Until it had been around, you know, for a year or so, and then people were yeah. like, hey, there's the jumping combine. Right. Okay, so let's now let's get back to the first jump, Gail. So this okay. was like summer of 85 up in Fargo? Summer of 85 in Fargo. Okay, so your son, was that Tim that had done the computer simulations yes. okay yes so everything looks good on the computer a 1984 computer but you had never done you'd never jumped it he'd never driven it okay well i so mean maybe back the, and forth on the driveway to make sure it had forward right. and reverse <laughs> okay. <but that> was <laughs> now this thing i i read a story i think it was farm show magazine and they were quoting that there was approximately six thousand people there to witness your first jump is that correct Yes. Okay. And the combine could, as far as speed, could it do upwards of 50 miles an hour? Is that correct, Gail? Well, the first jump was interesting. We st For the first jump, okay, short story. For the first jump, he started, now this is a racetrack, so it's an oval racetrack. Sure. He started like in the number two corner. Okay. And he drove down the back straightaway around the three and four corner oh. and then we had the jump set up on the front he was doing the turn he did the turn <laughs> that's awesome and then came straight and jumped the car in front of the grandstand in front of the grandstand wow okay so did not did not hit the car okay. did not hurt the combine it was beautiful Oh, the landing must have been the force did i read it was like forty thousand pounds of force when the thing would land uh, it came down hard, but we had, now you got to remember, we built this ourselves, yeah. and Ernie knew that he was going to be in there, and he was going to have to land. Right. So the seat in the combine uh, was kind of leaned back, almost, he was leaned back almost like he was in a recliner. <laughs> so when he came down and landed, he wasn't landing on his tailbone. His whole body took the force. Okay. And there was no ramp on the other side. No ramp. Somebody asked our son Tim about that one time. I think it's in one of those articles. And he said, 
in order to have a down ramp, you have to know where you're going to come down. <laughs> so we never had a down ramp. Wow. What did, or how did Ernie describe the impact, like the first time and subsequent? What were the, I mean, it must have just been incredible. Well, now you, you have to know Ernie to understand my answer, but he just said, wow, that was great. <laughs> Ernie never complains about anything. So I don't know if it, I don't know if it hurt, if it bothered him. I, oh. I don't know. Well, he's a classic North Dakota guy then. He's not going to complain. Yeah, wow, you know. <laughs> but now, actually, cool. uh, before we get into more of the racing or the jumping, Gail, um, just on the topic now, you guys, you and Ernie are actually, you guys grew up out west, right? You're from Idaho. Ernie's from California? Right. Ernie's from northern part of California. Uh, came to Idaho following um, what he called big buck hunting. Sure. And, uh, and, I he was out to the big buck and I caught him. <laughs> and you grew up was it Pocatello? Is that where you Pocatello, said? Pocatello, Pocatello, Idaho. Yes. Wow, beautiful area. So you guys, like, what what year did you get married? Uh, we were married in nineteen sixty three. Sixty three. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, when did you come to North Dakota? Uh, we moved to North Dakota. Let's see. Our son Tim was born. Um, in Montana, okay, in 1964, and then in 1967, early, early, like January, uh, we moved to Fargo, North Dakota, and that's where our daughter was born. Okay, 1967. Did you think? Did you think you'd stay in Fargo for over 50 years, Gail? <laughs> we came to Fargo, uh, planning on staying for about six months. We were going to open an automatic transmission shop, like we had other places okay and we were going to then either hire someone to manage it or sell it after we got it going and sure. got it successful okay. and we were going to go back to idaho and uh that was many 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 years ago wow. and we're still here what was the name of the uh the transmission shop in fargo you opened in fargo the name of the transmission shop was a transmission city okay and it actually is still in business really? to this day awesome. and in fact i was just there the other day ernie oh. and i were over there talking to the gentleman who who runs it now still called the same thing it is it's still called a transmission city wow and uh so <clears throat> did i you sent some great materials and pictures of the flying combine, Gail. Thank you so much for doing that. But and somewhere in there, did I read that Ernie was a was into a racing, a race car driver, like in the early '60s or something? He was right after we. He kind of raced in Idaho, but not very much. But when we got to North Dakota, he got the racing bug, and okay. he was instrumental in getting a racing organization going in Fargo, and was the hired promoter and president of the. Minn Kota Racing Association here mm. for, for years and years, and that's where he got working on, well, we had run transmission shops, but sure. he uh, he tweaked his transmissions in his race cars, mm. and they kind of helped him a little bit, or people thought they did at right. least, right. and so we went into the business of selling transmissions to race car people. Mm. Wow. Must have had customers all over the country, all over North America, I suppose. We did. We sold all over the United States. Uh, I could tell a really cool, quick story. Sure. Um, 
the first transmission that Ernie built that we sold was was he took an old power glide, which is from a Chevrolet, mm-hmm. and he took that power glide and he changed it. He tore the insides out, put different stuff in, did whatever he had to do, and we sold them. And we came up with a really cool name for it. I can't remember what it was, <laughs> but but it was built in a power glide. And people couldn't remember the name, okay. but they could remember Ernie. So it became known as the Ernie Glide. The Ernie Glide, I like it. An Ernie Glide, yes. And later, when we built a different transmission, uh, we needed a name for it, and it had a sliding shaft. Mm-hmm. So it became the Ernie Slide, and we built those and s- sold them all over the United States. Wow. They were very popular. And I suppose on the racing side, if you said Ernie was involved with the promotion with the track and the association. Did that lead into the, the combine demolition derbies in some way, Gail? Uh, to a certain extent. We we were, besides racing and running the racetrack in Fargo mm-hmm. uh, for the club, we also went into the promotion business and we were promoting uh, all kinds of wheel events, sure. demolition derbies, car enduro races, okay. got into truck and tractor pulls, got into promoting monster truck shows, mm. and that led to the Combine Demolition Derby. Now, Gail, there was a, you told me before we started recording here kind of a story that made me smile about you guys were on the road, I think, in a bus that you had converted into like a mobile home, and Ernie had a meeting. That was sort yeah. of the genesis of the Combine Demolition Derby? <laughs> yeah, that was. it was in Minot, North Dakota, after one of the events we put on. And Ernie went over to the fair office to settle up with the fair manager. Um, and he was gone for a long time. When he came back, I think there had been quite a number of Coors Lights consumed. But he came <laughs> back and told us that he and the man- fair manager had come up with a new idea we were going to promote combine demolition derbies. And what was your and, reaction? <laughs> we just laughed. We just laughed. <laughs> we were used to that kind of very strange, weird thing. We never mm. thought it actually would come to being, but wow. obviously it did. The so next that, year we started promoting combine demolition derbies. So that was the North Dakota State Fair out there in Minot, correct? That that was, yes. Okay. So what year... We promote, we pro- we promoted shows there for 25 years, different wheel events. Wow. So what year roughly was that that you guys started the Combine Demolition Derbies? What'd you Combine Demo Derby started in 1984. Oh, okay. So shortly before, year before the Jumping Combine. You needed yep. the Jumping Combine as the showstopper halftime show, right? Exactly. That's okay. what we decided that we we just needed a little something extra and so Ernie came up with this okay. combine story okay so that first event you got 6,000 people there at the at the, at the, uh, at the where did you say the fairgrounds in Fargo it's in West Fargo West Fargo okay mm-hmm. so the, the silver bullet the flying combine maiden voyage just like Tim's computer program said it, it made it over the classic car landed Ernie survived Gail talk about what happened, the reaction from the fans and the folks at Coors to that first successful jump? Well, all the, all the big shots from Coors, uh, not, not Peter Coors or, or Jeff Coors, but 
the big shot guys came to Fargo uh, for that first jump. And of course the beer distributor from Fargo had been talking to us and working with us and they were out there too. So there was a huge contingent of Coors and Coors Light people. And when it made the jump and there was that many people there and everything, they were just absolutely thrilled. Mm. That, uh, and what was the crowd reaction? They must have went nuts, 6,000 people on the grandstand right in front of the crowd. You, you know what? You know what? I always said we always got half the crowd clapped when he made it and half the crowd didn't because they wanted to see him hit the car. <laughs> I suppose. Human nature, huh? Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's wow. kind of like going to a race. There are some right. people that just want to see the race, and there are some people that want to see the crashes. Wow. So, okay, that first jump, successful jump, 1985, Gail, did you guys already have it all mapped out, all the other events and shows you were going to, or did it all unfold after that first jump? Um, Was it all planned well, out? We jumped. We already had uh, done combine demolition derbies. We did combine demolition derbies okay and the Coors Light jumping combine for like five years we had them at all the major state fairs in the Midwest we did the Kansas State Fair Nebraska Oklahoma um, you said you were up here in Minnesota too Minneapolis yep it's Minnesota State Fair South Dakota North Dakota Montana Wow. we jumped in Idaho we, we just so we we had combine demolition derbies already scheduled okay and so that first year we just brought the combine along okay and then after that it was uh you know they were together so you would jump the combine at every combine demolition derby event every combine demolition derby event yes so how many total jumps do you think the silver bullet made roughly oh wow well, it was, you did it for five years on the road all over? We did it for five years. Okay. And there was, um, I, I could tell you, uh, you know, I have no idea. We jumped every weekend. We jumped sometimes two or three times in a weekend. Wow. Uh, that one farm show article that you were talking about mm -hmm. that was from Regina, Saskatchewan. Okay. Ernie jumped the combine three times a day. For five days. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Ernie and I did a, we did uh, an event in York, Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, course, course had an option that we could book our own shows, but they had an option to book X number of shows sure. for us that they wanted us to go to. And that was one of theirs. Okay. Um, we were in Oregon. Okay. Did a show in Coos Bay. Um, our son and daughter-in-law were there also with our other vehicle, with our, our track attack vehicle. We jumped there. We left there. We drove from Coos Bay, Oregon to York, Pennsylvania. Oh, that is a we haul. Jumped. <laughs> we jumped three times a day for three days. We came back. We had a, a, a crew doing a combine demo derby at the nebraska state fair we went there we jumped for that event we went down 
to the Kansas State Fair where we had another crew mm. putting on a combine demo derby. We jumped there and we were back in Coos Bay, Oregon in 10 days. I've been to Coos Bay. It is a wonderful logging town, but that is on the edge of America. <laughs> that is. That is. Wow. That's so, amazing. So that, that's what... It, and the you combine know, it was glamorous traipsing around with that combine and everything but it it was hectic right. it was a wild lifestyle right yeah and so was Tim your son and your daughter were they going with you as well uh, you know our son never went with us our son um, uh, was a computer genius he's our son is one of Microsoft's distinguished engineers wow and he's <laughs> he's been involved in you know i was going to say he never went to any shows but he did because i can picture him i know he went to a few of them but not very many because he was busy right. going to school he was busy uh working and then working you know for sure. microsoft and stuff so but our daughter after we had the combine we got we got a monster, made a monster tank, yep. and our son-in-law drove that for uh, a year. We need, and so, yes, we need to talk about the tank here in a minute, Gail. That's uh, <laughs> okay. I, and I had no idea. You, you guys have done just so much cool stuff. But yeah, that must have just been a blur those five years traveling all over the country with the silver oh, bullet yeah. and jumping. And um, now jumping three times a day. I mean, with that forty thousand pound impact. Did it ever land the first jump and be like, "Uh oh, we gotta"? You were always able to get it ready for the second jump, and um, when we had to jump three times a day, um, it almost always was a perfect jump. Okay. Um, a lot of times we did two day shows, and the first day when he landed, the left front wheel would break off. Uh -huh. But, you know, on the second day of the show, that left front wheel never broke off. Wow. So you guys were... Do you know why? <laughs> why is that? Because we had to load it up on the trailer and go on to the next show. You figure that one out. <laughs> I have monster truck people that attended show after show after show with us yep. that would ask me, Gail, how come that left front wheel always breaks off on the first night, not the second. And I just look at him like, hello? It would always be on the front page of the paper <laughs> the next day. So the next day's show would sell out. There you go. Promotion. It's called showbiz. Showbiz. I love it. That is amazing. Now, on all these jumps, a couple times, or maybe it would be inaccurate to say a couple, maybe it was more, but... You didn't always make it over the Roadster antique vintage car. Tell us about some of those incidents, scale. Oh, Lord. Um, one night down in Shreveport, Louisiana, I was not there. I was at home. Ernie was down there, and he jumped. And at midnight, he called me, and he had a list. He needed a grill, a hood, both front fenders, all that stuff for the car. Mm -hmm. I called up 
the owner of Classic Roadster, got him out of bed, and he and I went down there. We got all those pieces, boxed them up, and took them to the airport and flew them down so Ernie could put the car back together and jump it the next night. Wow. That's that incredible. That was a bad jump. That really, uh, that really messed the car up. Most of the time, the header would catch, if he didn't have enough height, the header would catch on the hood ornament. Okay. We lost more hood ornaments <laughs> than I can count. We finally got to a point where we didn't use the fancy hood ornament. Okay. We would go and buy from a trophy shop. We'd buy the little winged victories <laughs> and put them on there because we knew we were going to hit it and tear it off. You sent me one picture, and it, yeah, it looked like the clearance as the header in the back was coming down over the front of the car. It's like, oh my gosh, I think it's going to hit it. Sometimes, sometimes it did. Uh, one of the worst times uh, when he hit the car was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and it was, he was down there, well, I think I was there, I don't know. He was down there jumping, and we were supposed to leave the next day to go to Calgary, Canada, to start the filming of the movie that we were in. Yes. And he hit the car, and so he came home, and we had to hurry and, and repair the car before we could leave to go to Calgary. So the, on the topic of the movie, I know on our Facebook post and Twitter, when we post a picture of the silver bullet, you're flying combine through the air. About half the time people refer to the movie, which I believe, was it called The Golden Harvest? Is that correct, Gail? Yeah. Originally, it was called Golden Harvest. Okay. Um, they changed it later to American Harvest, and I've seen it called something else also, Race Against the Harvest. Race, that's it, Race Against uh -huh. the Harvest. It yep. starred Earl Holloman and Wayne Rogers. So Wayne, of and, course, we all know from MASH, correct? Yeah, they were. Into, yeah, um, um, Earl Holloman was uh, in a show called uh, Police Woman. Yeah, with Angie I Dickinson. Believe. Yeah, yep. yeah, yep. with Angie Dickinson. You got it. And so they, they were interesting. We got to do a lot of work with them. We Ernie had to teach them both how to drive the combines because in the movie they end up they're both custom combiners but they yep. don't get along and they they get uh, involved in a combine demolition derby and the one tries to kill the other one in the combine demolition derby so we had to teach them how to drive those things so who was a better driver wayne or earl well you know wayne rogers was kind of a uppity <laughs> and he drove it as little as possible, okay. just so he could actually be filmed moving the hand steering, moving right. the gear shift, and okay. stuff. Earl Holloman, when they took him out to give him a chance to drive it for a minute, he took off down. We were at a fairgrounds south of Calgary. He took off down the field and he drove around in circles and he went nuts. And the the uh, promoter of the of the show was just having a fit because there was his star out there goofing around in that well, Earl, combine. But yeah, but, so Earl, Earl Holloman was fun. We had a lot of fun with him. He's just a farmer at heart. 
custom custom uh, yeah. cutter. He just yeah, he thought it was cool. He thought it was great. So now that was uh, I think in some of the materials you sent me, Gail, and some awesome. I think it was actually a promotional uh, uh, flyer to get people to come out to the event to be part of right. the movie. So that was September of nineteen eighty six. Is that correct? Okay, let me think. Eighty six, yeah. Okay. So the yep. what was it when like when the movie came out and people saw again the combine? Uh, that must have been pretty fun, I would imagine. Uh yeah. We uh, it, the, we had uh, a lot of fun with doing that movie, and and it actually well I could tell a real quick little sure. story. Uh, the people that were doing the movie, of course, they were very particular about they didn't want any advertisements for anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a war with them because they wanted us to block off the Coors Light. Mm. And we refused to do it, and the, it was over. We weren't going to do it. And then they came back finally and said, okay, you can leave the Coors Light on. So we went and did it. Uh, Not like they could go find another flying combine. <laughs> well, and the com- we, we did the whole the whole combine demolition derby thing we did oh, right. for the movie. Right. We, we took a crew up there, and we got the combine, old combines running, and we decorated them, and fixed them up and taught we brought drivers up to drive them yeah during the movie wow. so they they really couldn't do it without us so they so ac- they acquiesced finally they did they did and so so I got lost in my story are you, are I've had you, so many stories are you well and I'm enjoying listening to them so much Gail <laughs> thank you for doing this this is so fun do you guys I don't know how Hollywood royalties work. Do you ever still get royalties from the movie or anything? We did not get any royalties. No royalties for the uh, movie. That's what the, when people talk about the movie, they talk about the flying combine so and the demolition. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Now, um, let's see. So, <clears throat> again, five years. Uh, now, a big part of this story, too, just came up last week, Gail, when uh, a guy sent me a picture of the 19, I think it was a 76 International two-ton truck? Yes. Why don't you pick that up? That was the actual the custom rig that you guys built to to haul the combine around and live in, correct? We did. We did. We bought the truck. Um, we stretched the frame on it, and, and then we built the living quarters on it. And what we ended up with was a three-story house. Um, mm. The 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 door in the back went actually almost went into the bathroom. Okay. And then you went up two steps and you were on the main floor and that was where our living room okay. and kitchen. We had a stove and a fridge and and a TV and a sofa and everything there. Yeah. And you could walk from there up into the cab of the truck. Okay. So it's really handy. When we were traveling, if Ernie or I wanted a a, a, a drink or whatever, mm-hmm. well, I'd just get up and walk back, cut back through there and go back and get it for us. Mm-hmm. Then uh, on top of, on the other side of the truck from where the door was that you came in, we built a huge walk-in toolbox. Okay. So we had, we had welders and torches and, 
and every tool you could imagine, everything right. we could need. And and then on top of that, we we put our bunk. Okay. So we had a three-story house, and I spent many hours in there. Mm. And off you went traveling the country doing the shows. Off we went. Wow. Yeah, the uh, <clears throat> the truck... Um, the picture of it, it was, it was amazing. And the artwork on the side, the flying combine, silver bullet. I love the picture of, was that you and Ernie back in the day in front of it? Uh, yes. Gail, that was yep, yep. fantastic. What, uh, well, on, on the front on that side, I don't know if that's the side, if you can see it, but we, we had a, a little kind of a theme that Ernie had us have painted on there. We put on there, it says with a dream. Yes. comes reality yes i saw we that. had that on the side yeah is that uh tie into your guys and ernie's uh kind of inquisitive look at life and have an idea and go for it <laughs> if ernie has an idea he goes for it wow there, there's no there's no hesitation or do you think i should or whatever so yeah we we spent a good 15 years of our life just traveling around the country, he and I. I. I went to almost all. I think I missed about four of the of the jumps. Hmm. And and then after we got done with the combine and the tank and the transformer and everything else, by that time we had a three year old granddaughter. Ah. And I said, "Nope, I'm done." Grandma wants to be, be a home. grandma. That's awesome. You guys, so then we stayed home. You guys must have made so many friends all over the country, Gail, traveling and putting the. I would. I just can't even imagine. We, you know, we we had so much fun, and and people, the the spectators, the people were always awesome. Uh, the most of the events that we did, it was a different crowd. The the combine was almost always either a state or a county fair. Okay. And so there was, you know, I ate so much carnival food that <laughs> I, I still have a hard time even thinking about it. Mm. Well, you look great, <laughs> but, Gail. But we were around, you know, a lot of the fairs and everything. Then when we got into uh, our other vehicles, it was more like big-time monster truck shows and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's kind it's, of a different different situation. Let's talk about that. A now. lot of fun. After the, the, the Silver Bullet, the Flying Combine, you guys uh, didn't stop there. You built a couple very well-known, uh, I don't know what you call them, vehicles. Uh, one was called Track Attack. Yes. Why don't you just we, describe we, that, Gail? Well... It was, it was, we were doing so many monster truck shows and promoting them ourselves around the United States also. Okay. And um, Bigfoot, everybody knows right, Bigfoot, right. built a monster tank. Yep. And Ernie took one look at it and said, uh-oh, we got to have a monster tank. Okay. So as the story goes, we took off and we drove to Helena, Montana, okay. to a used tank store. Wait a minute now. There's a used tank store in Helena, Montana? I didn't know this. 
There's a there, well. There's a big military base okay. in in Helena. Okay. In Great Falls. And in Helena, there's just this huge, big place that's got old tanks and and troop carriers and all kinds of wow old worn out military stuff mm. and we heard about it so we went there and we found an m55 patent tank now it didn't have the turret and stuff on it so we so we're just looking at the from the tracks down yep and we bought it what kind of condition was it in oh it was good it was in good shape but we remodeled it we it was really wide i don't remember how wide it was it's like 10 feet wide okay we hired a truck had a trucker haul it wide loaded all the way back to fargo and then we cut it in half cut it in half we cut it in half lengthwise took chunks out of all the all the um Oh, jeez. Oh, I lost my mind. Gail, when you were growing up in Pocatello, Idaho, did you ever think you'd be cutting an M55 tank in half? Oh, my gosh, no. Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> I, I had a very normal little girl play with dolls childhood. <laughs> if you'd have told oh. me when I was, well, I met Ernie when I was 16, so even at 16, if you'd have told me I was going to be traveling around the country, with a tank crushing cars, <laughs> I would have told you you were nuts. That is awesome. <laughs> now the, Anyways, we cut it in half yeah. and put it back together again so it was only eight feet wide, so we could haul it without a wide load sure. permit. Sure. And then we just built us a, a tank, and that, a monster tank. That uh, track attack tank, I mean, that was seen on often on ESPN and the monster truck shows. Is that, is that correct, uh, you? Right. The events that we did uh, with that tank, most of them were for with U.S. Hot Rod Association, mm. and they were ESPN shows. We did um, Anaheim Stadium. We did Jack Murphy Coliseum in San Diego. Wow. We did the Houston Astrodome, did the Pontiac Silver Dome. Wow. Um, we were actually in Montreal, Canada. Okay. In the arena, ready to do the second day of the show when the roof fell in on on Olympic Stadium. You were there? We were there. Wow. We were there. We were out sleeping in we we still used the combine truck. We still used that truck. Okay. For it to haul the combine, to haul the tank. Yep. We were out sleeping in it. We got up, we had breakfast, and then thought, well, we better get ready because I think it was an afternoon show. Okay. So we got our uniforms on, and we the tank course was parked inside with all the rest of the vehicles. We went walking down, and some guy, uh, one of the monster truck guys, came by and said, you might as well not go down there. There's not going to be. The show's canceled. And we're like, yeah, right. It was a sellout already the sure. day before. Okay. So it's not canceled. We get down there, and yeah, parts of that had a, a oh, a ceiling in it that, you know, it had mm -hmm. a roof, and then it had, like, canvas. Okay. 
up there and the canvas it was all shredding and hanging down and falling down mm. and the promoter of the show came running up and said ernie ernie i need somebody they have borrowed a whole bunch of little garden tractors from the john deere dealer oh, sure. and they were parked out in the middle and the stuff was falling on them uh oh he said we got to move those we got to move those i can't find the keys ernie reaches in his pocket pulls out his set of keys which had a key for almost anything on it. Okay. And so Ernie said, I'll go in and I'll move those for you. Wow, hard. But there's, but there's one situation. I will only do it if you'll let Gail come in with me. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. That can't be. Well, here was my theory. My movie camera was sitting on the tank, and I wanted my movie camera to film that ceiling. Wow. So finally, Ernie refused. Nope, not going in, not going in, unless Gail can. So they finally agreed, and they let me go in. I got my camera. I have the only footage from down below of the stuff falling down. Because later when they did the press conference, yep. they let the drivers come in to the press conference and the press, but they held it up above in in one of the rooms ah. up above above close to the ceiling so so you have the only i have the only footage of olympic stadium roof falling from the ground floor yes wow that, that's amazing gail i'm glad you guys were okay uh wow now after so you had track attack which you made out of the tank then you also had right. a, another very well-known um you know cre creation <laughs> transilla is that correct we, we called him our pet <laughs> His name was Transilla. He was a transformer. Um, he looked like a, it looked like an RV. Okay. And then the top would open up and up, out would come this big, huge thing with these big arms and mouth. And he, he would, okay, I drove it. You drove it. Okay. I drove Transilla. Ernie operated the hands and the mouth. And so we would go to shows and they would put out two cars. We'd drive up to the first one, and we would just kind of pick it apart. I'd drive up to it, Ernie would like pick the roof off, pick one door off, <laughs> with these big giant hands, you know? Yeah. Just pull it apart. And then I would back up, and we'd drive over to the other one, and he would pick it up with both hands and just twist it in two. <laughs> and then if we were outside, we would blow the fire and start it on fire and burn it up. Oh. But we did a lot of indoor shows, so we couldn't. We couldn't. They wouldn't oh. let us do that. Wow. <laughs> what was so your drive? The crowd reaction and your guys coordinate your coordination with Ernie and the that must that's like a dance to make all that happen, Gail. It was. It was. It was. But it was really a lot of fun. And we took Transilla to Curacao and Aruba. Wow. Which was a lot of fun. Must have been kind of expensive to send Transilla to Aruba. Oh well, they when they hire you, they take care of it. Was that a TV <laughs> show you filmed down there? That was. Uh, it was. There was a a promoter that did. He handled the racetracks in Curacao and Aruba. Okay. And so he set up the show. He hired. There were like I think there were eight or nine monster trucks. And us, 
And actually, we drove down to Miami. Okay. And when we got to Daytona, we had the news turned on, and Hurricane Andrew was hitting Miami. Oh, no. So we turned and went over to Tampa, where we had a friend. We spent the night there, got up the next morning, and drove down to Miami, through the middle, over the top of streetlights, down, and horrible damage, and got out to the dock and loaded the combine on a cargo ship. In a hurricane. In a hurricane. (laughs) And then we (laughs) flew to Curacao and waited, and it took a week for it and the other monster trucks to get there. And then we did a show in Curacao, and then we had to ship them to Aruba, and then we did a show in Aruba, and then we flew back to Miami and spent a week there goofing around and waiting for Transilla to get back so we could get it. Gail, I don't know. Grandma Gail, I don't know if you've ever thought of it, but I think you need to do a book. You definitely need to. I don't have to. time to write it. <laughs> wow, these, these stories are just amazing, Gail. I, thank you so much for for sharing them. Now, the the track attack and Transilla, you guys were out on the road performing with those up until uh, roughly when, would you say? 1993. 93. I know exactly, exactly when. Okay. It was when my granddaughter was almost three years old. So, seven. And I said, okay. We're done. We're done. Not going to be gone anymore. Okay, <laughs> going to be a grandma. No, that was the that was the end of all that. That was the end of the travel. Was that what was mm-hmm. that like when that stopped? It must. I mean, you're jumping off a high speed merry-go-round at that point. What do you remember about it? We had sold our house. Okay. And <laughs> our kids, um, our Tim was. Let's see. Tim had gotten his master's degree. Mm-hmm. And our daughter had gotten married, of course, and had our granddaughter had Megan. Sure. And we had sold the house, and so we had nowhere to live. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we had bought a big shop. Okay. Um, that wasn't by our house. We built the combine in our shop at our house, but we had bought this big shop, and it had some. It had been a, uh, a truck stop, so it had rooms upstairs. Oh, sure. Sleeping rooms. Yep. So we remodeled it, and we lived there. We made it into our home, and we lived up there for like 10 years. In West Fargo. In West Fargo. Okay. Wow. And once once you got off the road from doing the shows, you were you were ready to be put on, do grandma duty? That's right. That's right. So Ernie shifted gears, and he decided that his innovations in transmissions and things, he, he, he fixed, he fixed, I shouldn't say fixed, he changed, retrofit transmissions to, to work in the combine and particularly in the tank because of the, the horsepower of driving that tank back sure. and forth. He, he did a lot of stuff to the transmissions. Okay. And while he was doing all that, he came upon this idea of how to do a, a hydraulic transmission and clutch system 
to save fuel. Okay. And so we shifted to that, and we've been working on that ever since. And you guys, you have a number of patents, is that correct, Gail? We have been issued nine patents. I say we because my name, the last patent that was issued to us is in both of our names. The rest of our in Ernie's name. And we have one patent that we just filed for, so it's patent pending. Well, Gail, if you drove Transilla, you definitely should be on the patent. That's my that's my opinion. <laughs> that's awesome. it was, you know, when I was told, okay, you're going to drive this thing, I was like, no way, not going to happen. But when I got in it, you know, it drove just like a skid steer. Okay. It had two handles. And when you wanted to turn right, you pulled the right one. And when you wanted to turn left, you pulled the left one. So it wasn't that hard. What was hard was when you got out in in a building. We did. Uh, we changed from outdoors to indoors with all of these vehicles. Yep. The combine and the tank and the transformer. But with the tank on a concrete floor where I was used to pulling the handle hard, to get it to turn, if I turned it hard, it would spin up Brody right out in the middle of the floor. That whole big Transilla thing. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was interesting. Gail, did you it, now at these shows? I mean, you're driving Transilla in front of what twenty, thirty thousand, forty thousand people, fifty thousand people at these arenas. Yep, yep. And besides all of that, we did the. We always did the intro for the show. Okay. Um, well. The people that ran the novelties for the company that we were working for most of the time hired Ernie and I to run their novelty stands. So we would we would be up, we'd have Transilla or Track Attack or whatever we had there, we'd have them ready. And we'd be up and we'd get the novelty stand set up and sellers ready and going and we'd be selling novelties. And then when it was time for the show to start, I had to run the headset to tell the to tell the guy that ran the lights to do the uh, it ballyhoo to do the where they swing where they turn all the lights off and then they yeah. shine one spotlight and wing it all around right, you know right. it's called ballyhoo. ballyhoo so my job was to get the headset on and tell the guy when to start the ballyhoo and when to stop and then I had to hurry and get the headset off because then. They would do introductions, and Ernie and I had to run out in the middle and wave at everybody. And then we'd come running back, and we'd go up, and we'd run the novelty stands until, and then we always performed at halftime. So we'd come down, and we'd do our performance, and then right back up and selling novelties. And then we had to check out the novelties and everything when the show was over. So Man. it was like a big time. It, they, was, it was a lot of work. You did everything but make the popcorn, it sounds like, Gail. I could have done that too. <laughs> Man. Wow, just incredible. And again, you guys, now Gail, you and Ernie, you're in your mid seventies, but and you're still pushing, working on the on the transmission thing and uh and again you're not just monkeying around, you're that's kind of this is kind of a big endeavor you, you guys have going, is that correct? Well, um three, four, five, five of our patents are, are on this, the, the deal we're working on with, it's it's a hydraulic hybrid transmission, uh, clutch transmission, I should say. Okay. Um, it, like, like, say if you had a city bus. Yep. Okay. You take the, the transmission out of the city bus, you put ours right in, in place, 
would fit right in there. Okay. And then would save a lot of fuel. Like, you know, they have now, they have city buses that are, they call them electric. Yep. Well, we were excited when Fargo got their first electric bus because we wanted to see how it worked. And we went down and we bought a ticket and we went for a ride. Mm. And, you know, the engine never turned off. The engine runs the whole time. It's just, it saves a little bit of fuel, but not much. Saves on the brakes and that's about it. But they they cost a lot of money. Mm. And we're like, you could take hours and put it in that city bus and save over 50% fuel because the engine only runs about 20% of the time. Hmm. So you guys, with, with your with your advancements there, your patents, your your new transmission, are you do you have a company? Are you looking for investors? Do you have people that are on board with you? Do you have salespeople? How how are you attacking it, Gail? Um, we have we have a, a manufacturer set up that's ready to go as soon as we're as soon as we're ready. We still have a few bugs sure. to work out, and the reason we have bugs to work out is because Ernie's mind can't stop with one thing. When when we get a design that's exactly right, then he wants to improve it a little bit. So we keep doing kind of minor improvements, but right now we're, we're close to ready to go okay. to market. Wow. And we, yeah, we're looking for investors. Costs a lot of money to go to market. Yeah. I can't imagine. Um, if people are interested in contacting you about it, uh, what's the best way? I know you have a, a Facebook page, Gail, just Gail Brookins. Is that the best way or? That would probably be the best way. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm on Facebook, and I I do messengers, so. Right, right. Well, Gail, before I forget, I and again, this has been so much fun. I, I can't thank you enough, Gail. This is, this is the most fun interview I think I've ever done in 30 years. Just awesome. But now the silver bullet, when you guys retired, I mean, what happened to it? Was it dismantled? Oh. Was it sold? Do you still have it? I'll, I'll tell you. The, the gentleman that sent me the information about you to start with just mm-hmm. the other day. His name is Arlen Kolvik, and he's been a friend of ours for years and years and years. He works with the, um, oh, geez, what's the name? Oh, I'm sorry. Where is Arlen? He, is he, he works in- with old tractors and what's the, up, up by Fargo, there's a big old tractor reunion thing that they have every year oh yeah and, no, i know the one you're talking about yeah uh, i can't i is it uh rollvog or rollog rollog yeah, yeah. works with rollog with all kinds of old steam engines and okay. stuff yep. and he evidently read saw your blog okay so he sent it to me and um and then the, i couldn't i couldn't help but respond anyway <laughs> he has the actual frame, the, the actual, um, the, the sheet metal was all taken off of it when okay. we retired it. Okay. Um, we have a piece up on the wall in our shop. Uh, we have a friend named Mike Qualley. He has a lot of antique stuff, and he has 
uh, a side of it up on his wall. Okay. And Arlen has the what I sent you the picture of the yeah. the frame with the with the roll cage and everything. Right. He has he has that. Okay. So up on the wall, you've got a side of the the gleaner looking combine, the silver bullet flying combine. The, yeah, it's just a panel. Okay. Uh, Aluminum panel off the side. Well, a piece of American egg and beyond history there, Gail. That is, that is fascinating. Thank you so much for telling us all these great stories again, Gail. And I'm serious. I think in your you need to carve out some free time to write this book. Uh, let me help you because uh, you guys have lived an American, uh, an American adventure story. Just a girl from Pocatello. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like I told you earlier, we have so many stories. If we're, I, I, he's not here with me right now. I would not let him be here because when we're together and we get talking about these times that we had, mm -hmm. we talk over each other. <laughs> we, we one better each other, you know, oh, well, remember this and remember that. And mm. we could, we could honestly, the two of us, we could go on. For two weeks. That'll Solid. be uh, the next podcast interview we, we do, Gail. We'll have you and Ernie, and we'll we'll let you guys talk over each other. And we'll all listen because uh, it's just fantastic. And as you look back, Gail, now, over, I mean, so that was 35 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, does it just make you smile? What, what are your reflections at this point back on those traveling years? Um. I'm kind of torn both ways. It, it was a lot of work, a lot of work. And we did a show with the Jumping Combine in Portland, Oregon, mm -hmm. and I have a picture. When the Combine came down, it came down flat on on the end where the wheels are close together. Yep. And I have a picture of it. It split those wheels right out apart. Oof. And it was, I mean, we worked all night and all the next day to get it back together so we could jump again that night because we had to. We right. were the star attraction, right. and we had to perform. So we put a lot of hours in, but we had a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot to show business that uh, well, people just don't consider. But, yeah, you guys probably up all night sweating, getting that thing ready again, and just unbelievable. I would – you know, I would like a nickel for every monster truck that Ernie has fixed mm. for somebody. Sure. After a show. Wow. <laughs> because everybody, if they had a problem, came came to Ernie. Mm. Well, Gail Brookins, thank you again so much for taking the time to talk and tell the story um, in, in such fun detail about the Flying Combine, the Silver Bullet, and all your amazing adventures and please thank ernie um hopefully i'm down in rochester but i get up to west fargo for stephas group sales here and there and i next time i'm up please let me buy you guys lunch and we'll talk some more okay okay that'd be great yes we'd love to all right well thank you again gail okay thank you well there you go folks uh that interview with gail brookins i'm serious we might have to do another episode so much fun thank you to gail for taking the time to share those Stories from three and a half decades ago. Just incredible uh, what the Brookins have done and are still doing up there, uh, working on new transmissions, uh, clutches, and uh, trying to make things better. Just, 
Just classic. And we had to let that interview run a little bit. You could maybe tell there I had um, did my kind of end of the interview, and then Gail and I just chatted a little bit more. And she shared the story about the combine, uh, the flying combine, the silver board rolling over into the hockey boards in Brandon, Manitoba. I mean, what what a life, Gail and Ernie. And they brought so many smiles to people over the years. Again, I could tell in the two blogs I wrote on the Flying Combine, the Silver Bullet, just the happy memories that people had from maybe going to the fair with their mom or dad or grandpa and seeing the, the Flying Combine. And so, again, awesome to hear the inside story of it. Uh, again, so thank you so much, folks, for joining us here on Episode 22 of the Machinery Pete Podcast. Be sure to join us next week. And, hey, do me a favor. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast, give it a like, give it a comment. That helps more people find it. Um, And if you enjoyed this episode and our other ones, we want more people to uh, run into these things. So join us again next time on the Machinery P Podcast. And remember now, folks, uh, every day is a gift and a blessing. Until then, next time, we'll see you out at the sale.